0: we are back my friends the monkeys fighting robots podcast i am matt sardo and it has been a crazy year my friends my wife had twins so my family went from one kid to three kids and you're just like what just pure chaos we built a house we sold a house I had knee surgery, lots of stuff, no, but they uh, they rebuilt me better, so I'm, I'm back at it for you guys, and and I'm glad, because now I'm in the new house. I have an office where I can set up everything and spread out. I'm not in the garage anymore. I don't have to turn the air conditioner off to talk to you guys. I can, can die in the Florida heat of the garage. Now I have a nice fan above me and air conditioning. I mean, I'm recording a little bit later than normal, but you might hear my screaming kids or my two dogs running amok and the background. I'll apologize in advance, but we got a good show for you today. I'm excited to be back here, uh, because heroes in crisis is out tomorrow. I'm recording this on Tuesday night. It's like 10 4 PM trying to get this out by midnight since heroes in crisis has a midnight release and earlier today i talked with chris burnham and uh we chatted about his series robert kirkman die 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 was that three dies i think those three dies and so we're going to launch with that first uh, it was good to talk with chris Me and he was one of my buddies from chicago when i had the comic vault up there and we also, split a room at San Diego Comic Con one year. And I think like Mike Marisi crashed on the floor one night because he was pitching his first book. So there's a lot of history that goes on between Chris and I. And it was good good to chat chat with him. Uh, he was traveling from his office to his home in California, which was interesting. Uh, there might be a few ambulances in the background, but you know, that's how it goes. So I'm going to chat with Chris first. And then when we return, I will talk about Heroes in Crisis, which I'm excited to. So enjoy the Chris Burnham interview in his car. Chris, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today.
1: Yeah, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the first two issues of Die, Die, Die have come out, and you guys did your like secret release party and everything. It was, it was a really brilliant ploy that you guys did, and I, I talked to a few comic book stores, it was really successful on their end, because it generated them buzz, but how's the feedback been on your end?
1: Uh, it's been great, uh, yeah, uh, most people seem to like the book, uh, the, only, the only people who don't like it uh, just seem to have some sort of a beef with the Walking Dead TV show, <laughs> but uh, everyone, everyone likes the actual book, uh, uh, the stores were very excited about uh, you know, trying out this new uh, promotional strategy, Uh, that's great.
0: And yeah, you talked about a few people not liking it. It's probably walking dead people, but like comic skate is like huge right now. And I was like, are there any comic skate trolls bugging you for putting too much politics in your story?
1: No, uh, I have, uh, kept my head down for, uh, for all that stuff. Uh, uh, I think one guy has bugged me about it, but it was just like based on some jokey tweet I made. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm a chicken shit for not, you know, sticking, uh, you know, you know, chiming in and saying, Hey, uh, comic skate sucks. But, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to focus on my work and not getting any, uh, rage battles. Uh, <laughs> about
0: this. no, this was, I mean, if, I, if anybody came at you and said, like, Hey, your book is too political. I mean, like that's just them just being ridiculous. So it was kind of like a, a jokey question, but, uh, let's get, yeah. to, let's
1: get oh, to, th- wait. No, <laughs> is true. I did read a review where, where someone thought it was, a. uh, uh he was convinced that the, uh, the Connie, who's like a, kind of the, one of the main characters, uh, this guy was convinced that Connie was some sort of a stand-in for, for Hillary Clinton, and that this was some sort of uh, like a uh, left-wing revenge fantasy or something. Which is it's not at all. Like he was just he was inserting his own politics into the book more than we were. Uh, that's the that's the only sort of you uh, know whatever right-wing criticism we've gotten over it. So I guess that I guess he was probably comics gate adjacent.
0: <laughs> and uh you've worked with grant morrison and now you've worked with robert kirkman they are vastly different writers but do they have any similarities
1: uh they're both very very funny uh to talk to and they're they're both amazing uh shit talkers uh just because they are, uh, you know they're you know two of the smartest guys in comics and two of the most you know successful people in the history of comics so they're uh they're, they're they've got in uh you know very uh, insightful thoughts into why everyone else is horrible at their jobs, <laughs> which is uh, always fun to talk back to those guys. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but yeah, but otherwise, like their uh, you know, storytelling aesthetics don't seem very uh, very similar at all. Other than uh, you know, if uh, they both can come up with pretty you know gross outrageous ideas, but uh, but other than that, they're pretty pretty different.
0: And then Die, Die, Die has some intense dialogue. How do you convey that as an artist?
1: Yeah, that's tricky. Uh, I've never really uh, dealt with that before. Uh, Most of the time, like, uh, Grant Morrison's dialogue is pretty uh, concise, and so is uh, Joe Casey uh, and uh, Peter David also. They uh, have more of a comic book aesthetic where you, you know, kind of, Boil a whole uh, conversation down to just uh, you know maybe one or two pages, but Kirkman really uh, it's almost it's almost like a, a screenplay style of dialogue where it's just like the entire you know, conversation really plays you know it, its way out in a more naturalistic feel. Uh, so I will try and uh, you know kind of act it out myself. I'll read it out to myself and figure out like what sort of hand gestures would I be doing, what what facial expression. Uh, Would I be making on on each particular line, and so whatever whatever line I feel is the most important in that panel, I'll uh, I'll you know, try and dial in what my facial expression uh, is. Uh, but it's definitely tricky. I'm not used to it.
0: And the book is created by you, Kirkman and Scott Gimble. When I hear two of those names, I think TV. Did you guys think about not cutting noses off because it wouldn't translate to a live action show?
1: I, <laughs> it's funny. I asked uh, I, I asked Robert about that uh, when I read the script. I was like, "Hey, so is Greg Nicotero gonna do this? Like, uh, are we going to green screen the nose?" He's like, "Dude, what are you talking about? This is a comic book. Like, <laughs> that is a problem for someone else. So it was not uh, it was not a concern. If, if if we get a if we get a TV show out of it, uh, you know, we'll burn that bridge when we come to it."
0: And you mentioned Greg Nicotero. One of my favorite parts of AMC's the walking dead is how I feel. They try to one up the zombie scares and it's, you know, whether they're falling through the ceiling or coming through the swamp or whatever it is, they're always trying to come up with something creative. How creative are you and Robert trying to be with your kills?
1: Pretty creative. Yeah. He's, uh, I I think he's trying to uh, make me draw things I've never drawn before and he's definitely succeeding. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a lot of fun trying to come up with zany stuff, and then there's there's also I think in starting at issue three, uh, it starts to get a little uh, jokier. So they're 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 not only they're not only killing people. They're also uh, you know coming up with kind of grossed out pranks a little bit. I don't I don't want to don't want to spoil too much, but uh, but but it's not just murder is a uh, you know murder is not the only uh, weapon in their arsenal. How about how about that?
0: Yeah, this book, this book kind of has a boys feel to me. Uh Garth Ennis's boys. Yeah. Um and you yeah, guys sure. pushed the envelope on the craziness. Is there anything that you or Robert said was too crazy that you're like, "No, no, we got to dial it back?"
1: Uh well, we're not showing full nudity. Uh so so there's, you know, there's some things that we wanted to do with this like, "No, we can't we can't like you know, quite get away with that." But we, we've just kind of drawn that Somewhat arbitrary line that we're not showing nudity. Uh, other than that, I think we're we're basically going for the you know going all the way.
0: No, the karate the I think it was the um, the gun that you stabbed in a guy's neck, and then you karate kicked the gun barrel in through the guy's neck. That was where I was like, yeah. we're at like a, another level of, of action right here.
1: Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one.
0: Um and how many issues is this book going to be?
1: Uh we are uh much like we kept the uh, the announcement of this a secret, we are also uh keeping the length of the first arc a secret as well. Uh we both think that it's kind of lame that uh g- these days you you go as a reader, you go into just about every arc knowing how long the storyline is going to be, like you know this is, you know, issue 1 of 6 or 1 of 4 or whatever. So you can kind of predict uh, how the storyline is going to go, and uh, I think it takes the, can take some of the urgency out. Like if you're if you're just positive, like if I'm positive that you know the hero's not going to you know die in issue four because I know you know because this issue's you know last you know the series was last until issue six or whatever. I think it, it takes some of the threat away. It takes some of the. Uh, Immediately away. So we're, uh, we're we're keeping it a secret how long the uh, this first storyline is going for. And then I think we're going to keep uh, keep uh, keep that a secret. Uh, good Lord, <laughs> <laughs> going forward, Good Lord, maybe I shouldn't be driving and doing it every <laughs> at the same time.
0: <laughs> and so, okay, so you mentioned you want to kind of keep the audience like off guard. Is that something that has been there in the script as well? Because the first issue, like you you kind of get the feeling of who the hero is. And then he loses his nose, and you're like, oh, this is going to take a different direction. And then issue two takes another direction. And I'm like, okay, I'm really off balance right now. Is that something that Kirkman's trying to do? That's it, obvious. I mean, obvious on you guys' end?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we are uh, just zigging and zagging uh, every, every issue, hopefully. Uh, so hopefully it's, you know, it is continually. Uh, unpredictable uh but ho- hopefully it has some sort of a coherent vibe like irreverent political action intrigue or whatever you want to call it but uh but yeah it it, it does keep digging and zagging and changing uh, kind of the the focus on an issue by issue basis while you know you know telling one story but it, you know we we approach it from a bunch of different angles from issue to issue
0: and i know you mentioned that the uh one of the main characters is not a hillary clinton stand-in but how much of "Die Die Die" is a parody on society, or and how much is a statement about society?
1: I don't know if it's either. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, from my perspective, I'm just uh, I'm just drawing people killing each other, and I don't I don't know what it means to anyone.
0: Because <laughs> I did mention in previous podcasts, and I've I've talked about this uh, personally myself, um, is that. When we were talking pre-election if trump got elected i thought that shock art would have a resurgence so i thought on the and the cops are going by apparently uh or ambulance uh, yeah. yeah
1: yeah ambulance there's some sort of chaos happening right now, right in front of me
0: but during reagan all right we're good yeah but during the 80s there was shock art in retaliation to reagan and then you know i i feel like there's going to be that too as well with the what's going on with trump and it's just how society works that like, you know, this thing kind of happens. And and th- this book is, for me, I call it shock art. Would you, do you call it shock art?
1: Uh, I guess that, I mean, the shoe fits. Uh, sure. Like it's, it's not our, it's not, you know, personally my intention to do that. Like most of the stuff, most of the stuff I've been doing for throughout my career has been as outrageous as I can get away with. Uh, <laughs> so, so for me, there's no real, uh, political statement there uh i don't know if it's if it it feels like shock art to you then sure it's shock art i don't know
0: (laughs) i well you bring that up and i was like i then i i flip back to officer down and i was like yeah you've been doing this forever i mean all right so let's let's go to a softer note you're a father now how has fatherhood affected you as an artist uh
1: uh it makes uh drawing for 14 hours a day, which is what I uh, had been used to, uh, makes that impossible. So I am, uh, you know, I'm not chained to the drawing table as much as I was for the previous, you know, whatever, eight years. So that's been a, so I work a more, a much more regular schedule now, which uh, (laughs) is probably making me less productive because I'm just, you know, I'm only able to throw, you know, eight hours a day at, at it rather than, you know, I'd gotten used to doing, you know, 12 or 14 or whatever. So that's different. Uh, occasionally I'll get the instinct that, like, I've, maybe I should draw less horrible things, fewer horrible things. Sorry. Sorry, grammar of <laughs> <The> people. <laughs> Sorry, me. Uh, uh, yeah, w- once in a while I get the instinct that I-, I would like to draw something, you know, more family-friendly so my kid will eventually be able to read it. But then, uh, honestly, uh, being a dad is so hard. You know, sometimes I just want to go out and murder the world you know what <laughs> when everyone, uh, you know when they're both crying and the dogs barking and it's just like I I love you both but if you could just shut the hell up I would really appreciate it
0: <laughs> uh, I cannot wait till the Chris Burnham kids book comes out it's going to be amazing
1: <laughs> yeah I'll tell you I love drawing uh, drawing cute stuff uh, I love when people uh, like I, I a thing that people like at conventions ask me to do fairly routinely is ask me to draw Batman and Robin doing something like you know cute and you know fatherly or you know, parental or whatever. So I uh recently I drew Batman and Robin in a in a chair and Batman was reading Robin uh Crime and Punishment uh as like a like a bedtime story. It was great and my uh, my studio mate Drew Johnson was just like, "Oh, I feel so bad for you. You you you're stuck drawing this adorable stuff and you love drawing mayhem. And I was like, You don't know me, man. I love drawing this adorable stuff. I also draw, like, if I, I it, later the next day, I was drawing someone's eyeballs getting cut in half or whatever. But I also like drawing, you know, real cutie pie stuff. My, my kid loves this, uh, this children's book author, uh, Gyo Fuchikawa. Oh, what a busy day is probably his, his favorite, uh, bedtime book. And it's amazing. Uh, I, I, Part of me wants to throw it all away and just draw little kids, you know, in tree houses. <laughs> Stop drawing comics and draw nothing but kids playing together. Because uh, the proportions of, uh, you know, a cartoony kid are real fun to draw. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's not going to happen. But, uh, but <laughs> part of me wishes I could be doing that.
0: I have, I, I woke up one day and I ended up with three kids now. And I'm reading kids. Oh, really? Yeah, no, my wife had twins. And it just. Automatically. Oh, man.
1: I, don't, I didn't know that. Good Lord.
0: <laughs> that is every guy's response when I said I had twi- when we have twins.
1: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Holy moly. Are you all right?
0: <laughs> There's a reason why I'm recording podcasts at night now instead of during the day.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're reading kids books. I'm reading kids books all the time, and they are awful. They are really yeah. not good. They just stop. Like it ends there's no like there's there's no continuity at all so if if somebody just made good kids' books, they would sell yeah <laughs> that's that's my kid book tangent, but I try to ask all the all the industry professionals that I know uh this question what do you look for in a comic book review uh,
1: i guess i mean i I basically don't read them anymore like I just uh. Cause I feel like most of them are just like kind of summarizing the plot, which I'm very familiar with. Like you're not telling me anything I don't know. Uh, I, I would say I'm looking for some sort of insight, uh, like a, as an artist, I'm looking for you know, some sort of insight, you know, into what I'm doing or maybe something that I didn't realize I was doing. And, uh, you know, artistically or, you know, put in the broader context of, you know, the, the style I'm working in or, you know, the, the references I'm, I'm pulling or whatever. Uh, I uh, I don't get too many of those, so I kind of have just stopped reading them. I basically I will skim a review to check if it's positive or not. So like, can I safely retweet it? That's, <laughs> that's basically all, all the reading of, uh, of uh, reviews of my stuff that I do. Just just making sure that they're not telling me I'm terrible. <laughs> Which I mean, I've got I've got no problem with you know people not liking my stuff. I'm I'm not sure why they feel the need to to at me with it. <laughs> But, you know, whatever, you do you. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, so I'm 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 more I'm more interested in a uh, some some sort of an interesting analysis rather than hey, these five things happened and I didn't like it <laughs> or whatever.
0: Um, you know, you and I are on the same page. I have a list of things that I, I can't stand and and if the first thing is a recap of a comic book, I'm like, "No, I don't need a recap. I'm not I don't need that." Um. So and, I, so,
1: and for me, like <laughs> I, I, totally. If I if read a recap and the comic sounds cool, then I read the comic, and I do feel like you know, to some extent, if the comic has been, you know, a, a, a little bit spoiled. Like, oh, you told me all the good things. Now I can't experience those good things, you know, for myself, really. Uh, so I, I think that's kind of a drag.
0: Yeah, that is, that is a drag. Chris, when is die die die? Uh, how many dies are in there? There's three dies. And so the third. When's the third issue coming out?
1: The third issue. It was supposed to come out this Wednesday, uh, what? What is this? September twenty seventh or something? But there was a misprint at the printer. They printed a cover inside out, actually. Uh, So we had to pulp that print run. Uh, So now the uh, the third issue is coming out uh, on I believe it's October third, whatever that, that whatever that Wednesday is. Uh, and then the the fourth issue will ship uh, uh, again on time uh, on October 24th.
0: Oh, so we're at least getting four issues. Spoiler.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Spo- spoilers. We're <laughs> getting at least four.
0: <laughs> Chris, thank you for your time and best of luck with Die, Die, Die.
1: Hey, thanks, man. Best of luck with your 18 children.
0: <laughs> that was Chris Burnham and his book Die, Die, Die by Robert Kirkman and him and Scott Gimbel. The first two issues we're at right now, it is crazy. Uh, I just read the third issue, and it continues to be crazy. It has got to be a political statement and not a political parody. I mean, there's just so much going on, and the chaos is just insane. I mean, like I said, I, I, I think that With Trump in office, you're going to see a lot more shock art. And I'm going to say that Die, Die, Die is shock art. But let's transition from crazy chaos into the dark, depressing times of Tom King as a writer. Because Tom King knows how to bring the pout pout fish to his pout pout depths. Blub blub. Yep. And I started recording and my dog just came walking downstairs. (laughs) Snips is like, what's going on? But for heroes in crisis, I wanted to kind of get like a good point of reference because I read it at Friday, Friday when I got it, I read it at Megacon and I was like, Oh my God, this is like crazy. Like, what are we going to do with this? Like, it's, So much stuff was going on in that book right there. It's, it's definitely worth you running to the comic book store to get it immediately. But I wanted to get some context because it's the first issue of a nine issue story arc now. So I wanted to kind of talk about what was going on with that book. Uh, So the context that I got is I went and reread the first issue of identity crisis, Brad Metzler's book to see, how that first issue read because the first issue of Heroes in Crisis kind of reads a little weird and I wanted to kind of like see how something as powerful as Identity Crisis opened up in the first issue. And then also I reread Batman 45, 46 and 47 with Booster Gold where Tom King basically like breaks Booster Gold. and that was, this has been my depressing Tuesday. That's, that's what has been going on. The one thing that I, I forgot is how powerful identity crisis is. And now that like I, I read it, I think I read it when I was single. I think I read it when I was single. And then now that I have like a wife in multiple kids, I have three kids now. Oh my God, that first issue is so powerful. Oh, it's just, it's writing on a whole nother level. I mean, like, it is just like, we are going to rip your heart out writing and it's so good. And it's, I'm going to have to finish reading the rest of the book and just be like, here's multiple stab wounds to the gut. And that's kind of like what happens to Booster Gold in that little book that Tom King wrote and uh, I'm trying, I'm going to try not to spoil anything, you know, but there is a chance that spoilers might kick in here. Um, just from talking about it and because it's hard not to talk about what happens in that book, but I'm going to definitely try to keep the spoilers to a minimum and everything. Um, but here is a, uh, identity crisis is, I guess it's probably been 10 plus years maybe even 15 years since I read identity crisis, man, that first issue, it just sets everything up so well. And it also like, you're sad, you're angry, you're loving. I mean, like it hits every emotional spectrum that you could possibly want to hit in a first issue. And it's man. And, you know, I wanted to reread the Batman book to kind of see where Booster Gold is again and just see how things are kind of setting up. And, and Tom, man. I'm sorry. I just had to take a drink of my. I'm drinking Lagunitas, little something, something, or little something. Something. Yeah, there's two somethings in there. Ale. Uh, the stab and grab behind my house, which the local, the gas station. But in St. Pete, I kind of live on a... It's not a shady corner. Eh, It's a shady corner. So when we moved first, moved here. I called it Stab and Grab. So I just, you know, got a little something-something from the Stab and Grab. And, uh, you know, that's that's, that's what I'm drinking for this. Because Tom King has a way of just being super depressing. And I figured that you probably need some booze when you're talking about it. So I really did enjoy jeff johns when he wrote booster gold and there's that killing joke episode where like booster just keeps going through trying to save batgirl and he just can't do it and it just pummels himself to it and it's just man do i relate with that issue more than life itself it is just phenomenal um and you just keep running your head in the wall just trying to fix things and you'll just you know, what if the hunter's time run my head in the wall? Well, you know, it's just, just gonna keep fighting, keep digging, and man, that was good. And so I reread this Tom King's Batman Booster Gold story, and I feel like, I mean, this is definitely a different Booster Gold. It's not the Booster Gold that I know of. I mean, we're in reboots and everything like that, but like they—they, they, I mean, I know that time span. It was two years in that universe, and. But, man, they broke Booster Gold pretty easily. And I, that's that's not the Booster Gold that I ended up. Yeah, it's not the Booster Gold I grew up with. Not that I grew up with them. I read most of my stuff in the 30s of Booster Gold. But, yeah, it's just a different tone. And I get what Tom's doing with it. But I'm just not, not too happy with it. Um, with that said... Uh, Heroes in Crisis is definitely a book that I want to read and I was excited to read and I read it and I'm like, one, okay, let's talk about the good things in this book. Heroes in Crisis. Clayman is just a genius on paper with what he's drawing. With From the nine panel grids that I can't stand, but they do show a range of emotion, uh, to the splash pages, to just all the facial expressions that you could put in a book. Oh my God. It was very powerful stuff. That book is just gorgeous. And, uh, to me, Mori, the colors on this book. Oh, it is. I just can't believe how far the medium has come. I mean, because I, like I said, today I read the first issue of a- Identity Crisis by uh, Rags Morales, which everybody's like, this guy's a brilliant artist. And, you know, what is it? Would that book come out 15 years ago? 15 plus? And just how much has changed comic book wise with the digital age and how things look crisper and The depth of field that they can put into a page now, you know, kind of blurring the backgrounds out and and the watercolors that they can kind of, I call it watercolor when I see this. It's just, I'm going to click on it. I'm going to click on it and just see what I got here because it's, it's just a different type of texture that you can get. You can show like speed and motion blur. It's like taking a photo and, and just having an Instagram filter and all these different things that you can Kind of pull out that just changes and smooths out everything. Where identity crisis, you know, was was scratchy and all this other stuff. Like it just there was, you know, it was only like I guess that in my head, you know, and this is me layman terms. Like identity crisis was able to use only allowed to use one hundred colors. Where like heroes in crisis is able to use. 5,000 colors. So the range and the smoothness of the coloring is just completely different. And the shadows, ah, it's just, it's insane just flipping through this book and in looking at all the different panels that came through. And, and like I said, I mean, Clayman is just on another planet with this book. Like every panel that has a face has an emotion. And like, you can see the emotion the emotion matches the dialogue and it's just it's a brilliant and I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not disappointing i think i mean harley quinn is in the beginning of this book and like just had the the again the range of emotion that you see on her face flipping through the pages is brilliant and I was a huge fan of Don Knotts showing up at the beginning of the book and getting out before all the chaos ensues. So that was a nice little sidebar reference because Don Knotts, that was a comedian. That was a whole nother generation. of like four generations from now, Don Knotts, but that people can make that man can make people laugh. And as soon as he walks out the door of the diner, You know, the laughs are over and Tom King's dark, dark brain is just going to take over. Oh man, this book is just so pretty to look at. It's, it's amazing. There are so many splash pages and close up. And again, I'm not a fan of the nine panel grill, uh, nine panel grid page um but it actually works really well in this book because it it works as like a flashback and so you have you know just the regular style book going on where it's panels everywhere or halfway they want to set up and then when you see the nine panels you're like oh this is a flashback and it keeps flying you know and it, it flips back and forth and it works really good and again i'm looking at this coloring they're in a diner And the lights bright and it reflects off the different materials and like you see all that stuff pop. It's so good. I I just dumbfounded about how and again I have my computer, I'm watching I'm looking at my computer. I have my computer screen brightness as high as possible. So I mean like this might pop a little bit more. Um but then there are some super dark depressing panels. Oh man. Yeah. So I mean, like once you get them, what are you? (sighs) <sighs> one two three four five six seven page seven is when tom's like hey this is going to be a messed up tale Whew. <sighs> i'm trying to f- so i mean i basically talked about this, so the action sequences in this book like just the way it flows and it moves like it's just it's amazing. It is really good. This is one of the best drawn books that I've ever re- that I've ever read. I'm putting it up there. Like it is it has gotta be a top ten just in artwork alone. Like it is up there. So so good because it, it's the balance of colouring and then the way they manage the artwork and the motion to work with dialogue like it's just it is just brilliant and then there's just some iconic images of the trinity and and again and the darkness that tom king puts in the book is just right in your face like it is there are some things there's the scenery and some of these things are just it's very visual. This book is so visually good, and again, the content is just—it's pretty rich. It is pretty rich. Hi. Right, so that's, thats my accolades for this book. Like you're, you're going to be like blown away by this book. But, well, but let's get to the, the storytelling element of this book. Where where this is a nine issue book, and the first issue comes at a gate, guns blazing. And a lot of stuff happens. And I wrote down that Tom King showed too much in this book. Because if what we see is real, then I'm going to be very angry that it didn't get justice in storytelling. Because... You kind of just you walk into it and you're like, oh man, what happened? Oh no, this is crazy. Blah blah, and then it's over with, or it's just it's it's already happened, so you're in the aftermath already. So if if this is what really happened in the book, and you're just you get caught right in the beginning of it, and you're just and then it's just gonna start running from here. I'm going to be very upset because like this. The things that happened should have unfolded um longer so that you could actually like get something out of it i don't again if i don't want to spoil the book for you so definitely read it um the other thing is is the book it's nine issues but they also said that there were going to be like two one shots that they kind of put in there and they're going to fold in there so there's going to be some filler in here but like You still don't get a sense of, like, what happened. I mean, again, if I'm comparing it to Identity Crisis, you know what happens in Identity Crisis, and then there's a mystery that you have to follow. Where, like, this, you're still kind of just confused about how, what's going on and where it's going, and, like, do I want to buy the next issue? You know, is, is the first issue compelling enough for me to buy the next issue. And there needs to be a certain amount of setup there. And I think that Tom King is is writing on reputation to where like people are like, okay, I'm gonna read Tom King no matter what, you know, Mr. Miracle, all these other things. Um but I needed I needed a little bit more, just a little bit more understanding of what's going on in the universe of like, hey, this is this is the problem and then we're gonna, you know, Going to go from point a to point b over the next nine issues or whatever um just so i kind of get a little bit more understanding about it you know because i don't really know who all the players are in this book i mean everything's kind of it just kind of hits you this book really just hits you i mean it hits you really hard which is which is a good thing but i it just i feel like it just hits you and it doesn't give you more than that And that's as much as I'm going to say until issue two comes out, because then I can talk about issue one and then we can talk about my feelings towards issue two, because basically that's kind of how it works is I don't want to spoil this book for you. So I'm going to like, be like, Hey, this book was powerful. Uh, The art is just spectacular. Um, But I just felt like there was something missing, you know, like it's, it's, and that, that could be me just asking for the obvious stuff of like, Hey, I really just want to kind of know what the game plan of it is. Um, you kind of know what the game plan, you know, again, you just, I don't know. because I've been trying to figure out like this book since I read it on Friday. Like, okay, where's what did I miss? What are the, what are the things that are kind of hidden in there and, and, and going from there. And I'm trying to not look for lost leaders and, everything else and I mean I want you to listen to this podcast and what I want you to do is kind of send me your you know like your thoughts on this book too like we could break it down together um and I might do a podcast next week where we're just kind of like okay this is the aftermath this is this is my theories um that are going on I guess what I could do is I could just pause right here and be like hey stop listening they're gonna spoil the book after this point in time um and that's what I could do but I'm not because this is just us getting back together. This is us just having a drink together and and talking about comic books and drinking a little something to something and uh, going from there. But um, I'm I'm really glad to get back behind the microphone and talk with you guys uh, because I want to talk about comic books. I want to talk about movies. I want to talk about some Netflix shows. Like They already sent me Daredevil Season 3, and I'm going to start watching that. Um, and then I also got some, what else did they send me? They sent me some Runaways. And so I'm starting to get some more stuff from the TV end, uh, ahead of time that I can kind of talk about with you guys. We got Venom coming out. We got Aquaman. Um, you know, there's, there's some movies coming out that we can talk about. I still want to go see Mandy. It just stupidly doesn't play in a theater in St. Pete. Um, and that's the way I want to see it. I want to see it in a theater. I don't want to see it in my house and freak out my children and my wife. Why are you watching Nicolas Cage covered in a blow with a chainsaw? Like, yeah, that's just crazy. It's crazy. Stuff. But Heroes in Crisis looks amazing. The writing is, is almost there. I, I don't know what it is that I need. I just need a little bit more. Maybe I just need to explain to me. I don't know. I don't think I need to explain to me. I just, I just think that there, you know, I just need to know what the hook is. And I'm not sure what the hook is. I mean, I have a feeling I know what the hook is, but I don't want to spoil it for you. But like, if that's the hook. I'm going to be like, if the hook I'm thinking about is the hook, I'm going to be disappointed with issue one. Cause it's just all about shock value. then. So, but that's where I'm going to leave it. Um, if you like this podcast, You know, just shoot me a message and be like, hey, Matt, I really liked your discussion on Heroes in Crisis. I really liked your conversation with Chris Burnham and and stuff like that. If you didn't like it, you know, you don't really have to send me a comment. Actually, if you do, I would really like all the people that hate this podcast to send me a message. That would be really good. You know, because it's like Yelp. And people only leave negative reviews because like they, you know, when you're angry, you want to do something. But when you had a good meal, you're just like, "Eh, I'm good. I'm going to go rub my belly and sleep and stuff like that but I, I do want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast and I want to thank you for taking the time to go to monkeys fighting robots and checking out like our content and checking out our writers and you know, following us on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube. Uh, I'm putting more content on YouTube these days. Um, and we're also goofing off on Instagram. We do we're all on those things and if all you have to do is Google monkeys fighting robots and you'll be able to find all this stuff. So I'm not going to give you a ton of, ton of things, dude. But we're definitely going to break down the episode. We're going, this is more of the MTV Unplugged version of the podcast. Um, But I want to get more of these in. Now that we're settled in the house, I got the studio and people are kids. 20 million kids that I have are are on somewhat of a schedule. I can chime in on a Tuesday night about comic books or or Wednesday night about movies. I mean, I play hockey on Thursday. Probably going to start playing hockey on Monday. Um, but yeah, this is, this is where we're going to go. And, and so, um, yeah, that's where we are. That's where we are. Go to your comic book store tomorrow, buy some comic books and come back and tell me what you like. All right, guys. Have a good night.